bursting in air gave through to the night. What's your name, pal? Don't touch me. What's your name, pal? Don't touch me. I'm not gonna touch you. That's a weird name, though, huh? That's Touching me! Touch me! Touch me! Touch me! It is August 6th, 2018. Welcome back to the Paradox of Civility podcast. Or if this is the first time you're listening, welcome. Just welcome to the Paradox of Civility. This is a podcast in which I revisit an online radio show I did six years ago called The Hate Project. Now, you've probably read the description, but I'll briefly tell you what The Hate Project was. It was an online radio show designed to allow for a very free, raw, honest expression of hatred, you know, racism, sexism, homophobia, any other sort of bigotry, xenophobia, in order to fully understand why people felt the way they felt. That's how I designed the radio show. I basically, um, for lack of a better phrase, I gave a safe space to bigots, to racists, to sexists, to homophobes, to express themselves so that I could actually learn a little bit about the sources and reasons for why they hate. Um, one of the reasons I'm revisiting this show, and the, one of the reasons this is called the paradox of civility, is that, um, yes, my intentions were good. I don't think it netted good results. I don't know that I really uh, illuminated. I don't know. I think maybe there is some illumination in this podcast, and you'll hear as if you continue to listen to this podcast as I go along. But um, did I do good? Did I conquer racism or did I just give these people a bigger platform? Did I embolden them? Did I validate their horrible, uh, despicable views that are inhuman? The opening clip you just now heard was from July 28, 2018. And that was a march uh, by a white identitarian group called Identity Europa. I'll just read briefly from their website uh, what their mission is. Identity Europa is an American identitarian organization. As such, our main objective is to create a better world for people of European heritage, particularly in America, by peacefully effecting cultural change. Um, and so they claim that they're a nonviolent organization, but they go on here. They say, as identitarians, we believe that identity matters, inequality is a fact of life, and ethnic diversity, as demonstrated by substantial historical and sociological evidence, is an impediment to societal harmony. Unfortunately, the fetishization of diversity has resulted in a paradigm wherein less white people, that's in quotes, in academia, employment, and countries overall, is accepted as a moral imperative. We categorically reject this progressive morality and instead demand that we, people of European heritage, retain demographic supermajorities in our homelands. Um, now, it's very similar to Richard Spencer, who also identifies as an identitarian. He calls for a peaceful genocide of non-white people. And there's this idea of basically America, Western country is being uh, only for white people. So even non-American white people would be more welcome than those of us people of color who've been born here. Now, the reason I'm even talking about this is that the clip you just now heard, that uh, I'm assuming my more liberal cosmopolitan listeners would assume that that was taking place somewhere in the middle of the country. No, that was actually in New York City. And in fact, it was in a park in Upper Manhattan in the Washington Heights area called Fort Tryon Park. It's a very historic park. Um, and it's a, for me personally, it's a very important spot in New York City because I've spent a lot of time in this park. I even see it as a, a safe place, a safe space for myself, uh, just in general. 
you know. So uh, this particular march, I was not in the neighborhood for it. I heard about it afterwards, but it really, really upset me. So there's a section of Fort Tram Park that oversees uh, the highway. And so these guys did a big banner drop over the edge, uh, this sort of like fort area that, you know, can face the highway. And uh, the banner says, stop the invasion and immigration. Now, they say that they are peaceful, and um, I didn't hear any reports of any physical violence, but what I did hear uh, from uh, a few reports was that these guys were in the park harassing people. They were yelling comments, and in fact, uh, on that clip you heard at the beginning, uh, they are, um, you know, there's somebody filming them, basically, and they're getting in his face. You, I'll, I'll, sh I'll share a clip, or I'll put a, post a link at the bottom uh, in the description here so that you can look for yourself. Um, it's, yeah, it's that kind of like, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you. It's like, you know, putting your hand in front of someone doing that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, not physical violence, but it is intimidation. It's not peaceful. Now, here's something that uh, made me laugh a little bit. So, uh, in uh, Fort Triumph Park every Saturday, uh, there's also a collection of black Israelites that gather in one section of the park. Um, now, black Israelites, they are also a separatist group. Um, I will post a link about them uh, in the bottom. So also, you know, a group with repugnant uh, views, but uh, they don't have the same body count as any white nationalist, white supremacist group. So... I'm not making any false equivalencies uh, with those guys there. And in fact, when they are in the park, they don't do any banner drops. They don't yell. They just, they all stand in circles. Uh, groups of them stand in circles and they just talk to each other and they film each other uh, with their special uh, Black Israelites Bible. Uh, and they do some preaching to each other. They don't bother anyone else. Now, um, apparently, I, so this past Saturday, I went to Fort Triumph Park. I was a little paranoid. Um, I was a little, like, nervous about, um, I, you know, just I was looking, like, looking for rocks and sticks and stuff like that in case I needed them. So um, I pass by the black Israelites, and I say, hey, I, I pass by, like, a couple of them. And I ask them, hey, were you guys here last Saturday? They're like, you were here every Saturday. And I ask them, did you see the uh, white nationalist group or the white supremacist group, Identity Europa? And they're like, no, we didn't see them. And I said, oh, well, they were marching through here, and they marched through this area that you are uh, congregating in as well. I saw the pictures. And uh, these guys, uh, you know, I described them a little bit more, and then they finally uh, recognized what I was talking about. And they said, oh, those guys, they were carrying something. I didn't know they were part of that group. They didn't talk to us at all. They didn't mess with us. And one of them said this, I swear. One of the black Israelites said, I thought they were just, uh, you know, uh, coming off a soccer game. That was fucking hilarious. So these fucking cowards, they came through Fort Triumph Park, you know, spreading their anti-immigration, uh, you know, um, white nationalist message, white supremacist message, white identitarian message is what they call it. Sorry. Um, but they <laughs> had uh, an opportunity to interact with another group that uh, they would say is probably a scourge on America, and they didn't take it. But, event, but evidently, they were able to, like, harass other people in the park. Fucking cowards. God, if you want to start a race war, just do it, man. Anyways, I, I addressed that topic in the last episode as well. But uh, kind of got me riled up a little bit because I gave these folks uh, a chance to uh, talk to them. I, I tried to, uh, you know, come to an understanding. And I feel like, especially, and this is why I'm doing this podcast, um, in this era of Trump, I don't know that it was worth it. I just don't fucking know anymore. Um, and I'm pissed off also because um, August 5th, um, 2018, well, that marks the six-year anniversary of the Sikh temple shooting in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Um, so basically, uh, what happened here, for those that don't remember, a gentleman named... Gentleman. I don't know why I'm... Oh, fucking Wow. I'm, this is how deep, like, we let white people get off the hook with everything. I just call this guy a gentleman. He's a murderer. Wade Michael Page, a neo-Nazi cunt, um, he walked into a Sikh temple and murdered six people, and he wounded several others. Um, and there's one person who actually still remains in a coma to this day. 
Um, and basically, like, he terrorized a bunch of people. Uh, these were school and prayer services happening on a Sunday morning. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically, like, a lot of people had to seek protection, including children, had to seek protection inside a food pantry in the kitchen and in the basement. Um, eventually, Wade Michael Page uh, killed himself. Now, I don't... I couldn't tell if he actually belonged to a specific... Uh, white supremacist or neo-Nazi group, but he was very deep in the white power music scene. Um, and in fact, um, he, you know, advertised a lot on Stormfront, which is uh, in this particular episode that you're going to hear. Um, I talk about Stormfront and how I discovered Stormfront. Um, really interesting. Um, and also, um, I have to let everyone know that I remember talking about this incident on The Hate Project. Um, Unfortunately, I can't quite find the episode. I might have actually talked about it way after it happened. So you may hear about me talking about the Sikh temple shooting um, down the road here if you keep listening. Now, I'm an Indian American, and um, I understand, basically, it was surmised that Wade Michael Page thought that these folks were no different than Muslims, and he was very radicalized by 9-11, like a lot of people he was first radicalized to be a nazi when he was stationed in the army um i'll post an article about that as well i don't want to get into it right now now uh for those of you who know me uh you know that i am indian american and um you know uh post 9 11 um, a lot of indian americans a lot of south asians have been lumped in under the terrorist label and Sikhs wear turbans, um, so a lot of people who don't bother to learn about other cultures, they could mistake them for um, Muslims uh, or just brown people with uh, unfamiliar headdresses. Now, that is not to say that, um, you know, the problem is not that, you know, obviously the broader problem is that you shouldn't be shooting anyone based on their religion or race or skin tone. Um but yes, um, basically, none of us are really safe in the world that we live in right now. So if somebody, someone could basically, um, they're so filled with hate for one group of people that they go out and they massacre the uh, wrong group of people as opposed to the group that they intended to massacre. Now, again... Obviously, no one should be massacring anyone. I hope that's uh, understood here. Now, I'm bringing this up, obviously, because um, of the anniversary of this terrible tragedy. But also, um, I bring it up because I think that um, in discussing it on my show, I'm not sure I really ever... I didn't allow myself to express myself always. I kind of appointed myself as the therapist. And I just never um, expressed, like, my real fear that I felt during that time. It's scary. Um, of course, like, it has to connect any of us uh, of South Asian descent, of Indian descent, you know, um, to our, you know, Muslim brothers and sisters who are going through this on a daily basis. But um, I, in this show, like that, I purported to make an honest experience. Um, I don't think that I ever really um, explored it. I think I maybe was, I felt the need to kind of be flip about it or to sort of like, let me be cool about it. Like, let me show that I'm a cool head. I'm not overly emotional about it. Um, it's almost like that sort of uh, what Hannah Gadsby described in her Nanette special. Um, so, um, and I do address that topic, actually. I address um, a story in this episode that you're about to hear. I talk about how um, I have an inter interaction at a bodega, and it really pisses me off. But I also express, like, how I'm never comfortable sharing any of this stuff with white people, especially, in my life. And I realize, like, I'm not even that comfortable sharing it with other Indians or other people of color, really. Um, you know, just, I, I feel like I failed us or I look weak. So anyways, um, so this episode, these are the final blog talk radio shows that I did. And again, here, um, I didn't get any phone calls. So a lot of it is just me talking, but the reason I'm sharing it is that, um, there are some themes that come up that I think are relevant to today. And I hope that you find some relevance for yourself, uh, dear listener. Um, sorry, I got fresh with you. You're not very dear to me because I don't know you very well. Um, why do I, dear listener, I'm being ironically old timey 
uh, you're not dear to me. Doesn't mean I don't like you, but um, this is an opportunity for me to just be like more in touch with my real voice and express my. Okay, I should get into this episode. The rest of this episode actually deals with my first encounters uh, with the online world of hate groups. I talk about visiting the Ku Klux Klan website. I do some riffing on there. Some of it's really offensive. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, I'm being kind of an asshole. But uh, I hope that like, it was offensive in a way that was not punching down. Um, I hope that it was making fun of uh, a lot of the horrible ideas on the KKK website. Um, I also talk about Stormfront, which uh, probably most of you have heard about by now. Um, that I didn't know about it back then, and that was sort of like the premiere uh neo-nazi white supremacist uh online forum so um that's what you're gonna hear when you listen i do have to mention something before uh we begin so this weekend in portland on august 4th there was a uh, patriot prayer rally uh which uh that's a right-wing group run by joey gibson who's actually uh running for office in washington a congressional seat uh, this rally not only attracted Patriot, the Patriot player, the Patriot prayer players. I don't think that's their name. I just made that up. Um, if those idiots want to co-opt that, uh, I hope they die. Um, but it also attracted other right-wing, far-right groups like the Proud Boys and other, you know, neo-Nazi groups as well. Um, and then on August 5th in Berkeley, again, there was a collection of other far-right-wing groups marching and a lot of anti-racist, anti-fascist people were there to confront them. Same as in Portland. Now, um, I watched the footage of the Portland rally and the cops turned on the anti-racist, anti-fascist people and did not turn on the right-wing groups that were marching. So the cops turned, basically, on... Um, citizens of Portland who pay their taxes, who pay their salary um, in order to protect these out-of-towners like Joey Gibson, basically. And um, I understand in Berkeley, I don't know the whole story, but um, there were a few arrests. There were like more than a dozen arrests. Not too much violence, but again, um, the <laughs> right-wing groups were allowed to be protected. Um, and when uh, counter-protesters showed up, the police uh, created a huge barricade to prevent them from even showing up in front of the right-wing groups there. Um, I'll post some links about all this stuff uh, in the description so that you can uh, look at this for yourself. But again, these folks have a safe space already from the government, from the state, from like RoboCop-looking cops, basically. I'm not joking. I'm not even like trying to be hyperbolic about that. So weird that um, I, I... And this is not... I don't think this is new under the age of Trump. I think this is just been the status quo for a little while well it's freedom of speech we got to protect them no matter what and so basically um they protect some freedom of speech uh but other people are deemed troublemakers thugs uh antagonists so they have to be dispersed of um and then this uh weekend on august 12th there's unite the right two sequel to unite the right one where somebody was killed by a car Heather Hare, a uh, 32-year-old, was uh, murdered by James Alex Fields. Allegedly, allegedly, don't fucking sue me. Allegedly murdered by James Alex Fields Jr. of Vanguard America with a car. Um, and they always blame Muslims for running into people with cars. But okay, that's fine. So uh, the head of uh, the Metro board in D.C., um, they considered, this is a public transportation um, system there uh they considered running separate trains for the unite the right marchers the white nationalists but they dropped this plan because um the union uh the metro's largest union amalgamated transit union local 689 they released a statement expressing outrage about this and they basically said that they were not going to transport uh these white nationalists um uh, white supremacist racist because, you know, this union is actually mainly people of color, so they drew the line. And so Metro, uh, the board, backed off on this plan. And I say this a lot because, like, I'm a big free speech guy, and I try to create a free speech zone, basically, with this online radio show from six years ago. And, um... But just imagine, like, if Al-Qaeda or ISIS or any of these people, with a fucking body count, if they ever announced that they were going to have a march... It just would not happen. It would not happen. They'd all be 
in jail right now or at Gitmo. You know, so it's just interesting that um, these folks who claim they're fighting for free speech, um, not only uh, do they get the protection of the cops, um, but just the whole, like, city. Just people just bend over backwards like, well, how do we help them? Uh, let's uh, let's roll up our sleeves and figure this out. Okay, so um, that's my rant. Um, enjoy this episode. Uh, at the very, very end, I'm going to just mention something about the founding founder of uh, Identity Europa. His name's Nathan D'Amigo, and I'm going to post an article about him, but I'm going to talk about that uh, at the very end. It's going to be very brief, so enjoy. I had a weird experience coming home tonight, actually. I happen to be in a bodega. Now, most delis, most bodegas, find the stereotype fits. It's a lot of brown dudes, brown people, Indians, or, you know, Arab, Middle Eastern types. So I'm just going in there, and I'm looking at the candy aisle. There's like a shelf of candy, because I'm kind of having a sweet tooth in that moment. And uh, this white guy behind me is looking at, like, the the beverages. And he, he just, like, turns to me, and my back's facing him. And he's looking at the beverages, and he says, All right, well, I, I see that you have uh, some diet sodas here. Do you have any regular sodas? And I don't respond. I know he's talking to me. But I keep my back to him, and I don't respond. And he's like, oh, well, oh, you don't work here. I should explain I'm a person of color. I'm, I'm a brown person. I'm an Indian person. So, But this guy just assumed that like, because there are brown people behind the counter, I had to have just been working there and not shopping there. Oh, boy. I hope this guy doesn't go to basketball games, right? <laughs> Like, he just happens to sit next to a black guy. Why are you sitting up here? Should you be on the bench? Well, you're not in the game. <laughs> and he said that to me. He's like, oh, you don't work here. He said that to me as if it was my fault. Like, like I was a jerk for not working there and fulfilling his, like, sort of stereotype and view about what groups people do. No, oh, you don't work here. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Apologize? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, uh, sorry, buddy, that I have another job and I ruined your fucking worldview. Fucking, I am so sorry. Like, that's all we, uh, that's the only reason people exist. It's ridiculous. Uh, you don't work here. And there's a thing, like, it was like an old white guy. And, and, you know, like between this and like the Clint Eastwood thing, like people are making fun of Clint Eastwood. And I, I'm a Clint Eastwood fan, by the way. But people, um, so many people are like, God, you're picking on an old man now that everyone's making fun of Clint Eastwood in the chair bit. Like, God, you're making fun of an old man. Why? It's like, it's like he deserve, he's fucking loaded, first of all. He's putting himself out in the public. It's not like he's senile. It's not like he's at that point where he doesn't like know up from down. He's shitting in his like fucking hand and eating it. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. And this idea of like, oh, well, I can't say anything back to you because you're an old man. Like, sh- like, why is that an excuse all of a sudden? Oh, well, he's just a kid. Oh, he's just an old man. He's from a different time. I mean, so what? You don't use a cell phone in front of this old man? Do you not, like, do you hide your iPads and your laptops? He's from a different time. So we let everything else progress. I'm sure this old man, like, we, we never do that. To, to old people, we let them have their fucking bigoted views. But we let everything else progress, like technology. Like, nobody hides their telephone. Oh, God, pretend you're sending a telegraph. Oh, my dad's just an old man. He's from a different time. It's like, what does that mean? I mean, my God, really, guys? Silly. And it's a different. I, I, I kind of like, and I'm a guy. Look, we Asians respect our elders. I think we secretly resent them, but we we respect them. So I like old people, right? And uh, let me see. Okay. Anyways. Um, Sorry. God, the internet is so distracting. 
it's just a very strange thing to me, a strange defense. It's sort of like, you know, I'm not saying like go out and kick this guy's ass, but like, Jesus, he's an old man. Oh my God. Don't take that away from him. <laughs> Don't take him. I think that's, you know, that's what everyone's afraid of, like with Obama. He's going to take away your health care, quote unquote. Yeah, he's going to take away your racism. He's going to take away the idea of like, you know, your version of a nigger. The idea that like a, a black man can be accomplished. God, what a snooze fest it is out there, guys. Come on, call in here. Anyways, okay, so back to this story at the bodega. I, the thing that I'm kind of kicking myself about was like all I did to like sort of, I didn't even set this old man straight. I was just walking away. I go, God, racist. That's all I said under my breath. I go, racist. And I walk up to the counter to purchase my candy. And that was it. That was that. I didn't turn to him and say, like, hey, fucking asshole. What's your problem? Why did you sue my work here? But I'm sure, like, he would have, like, defended himself and been like, I'm not a racist. Everybody says that now. Like, I'm not a racist. Well, well, we don't believe in racism. I'm just going to act racist. It's kind of why this show has started. Um, you know, we don't have an honest dialogue about, like, bigotry in this country. I think it's still there. It's getting better, thank thankfully. Like, each generation is getting better. You know, like, race is a construct, like... It's funny because, like, it's such an arbitrary construct that divides people, even though, like, human beings are all the same on a genetic level. And, uh, you know, it's this made-up perception. Like, we're physically different. Like, people are physically, you know, of different skin colors and all that. But this sort of, like, perception of that we're all different species, like, it's a, it's a made-up construct. It's really random, actually. I don't know who decided to do it, but it's brilliant. It's uh, caused many, many wars and many deaths. Um, so, you know, it's still there. It's something that's fake that, like, sort of, you know, sort of hovers over us, right? And, um, you know, so you have people, like, who are just, like, fucking bigoted. They don't know how to express, like, why they're bigoted. They just go out and kill people. Then you have people like sort of like the more liberal left wing kind of like people who are like, okay, well, this is unpleasant, so we have to measure how we're going to talk about it. Don't say anything bad at all. But that also doesn't get to the point. Like we don't really like get to the source of like why. It's just sort of like racism is bad, racism is bad. And I agree, but like we don't get to the source as to like why it's there. That's what I want to do. And then like, you know, like with that, that – guy who refused to marry that interracial couple, the Mississippi church that refused to marry that black couple. Uh, I think it was in Alabama that they refused an interracial couple. And then Mississippi earlier this year, they refused to marry a black couple. Um, it's interesting because like every time it happens, it's like, Oh, I'm not racist at all. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not at all. I have my reasons. And it's like, wasn't there a time when somebody would just do something racist and then they would just own it and they would just be like, yeah, I'm racist. I mean, which one's worse? So I, I just like this old man. I'm like, okay, racist. And I just walk and get my stuff and I just want to get out of there. But like, I don't know why I didn't just turn to him and say like, hey, sir, I'm clearly a customer here. I'm looking at this candy. Why did you think that I worked here? And just fucking, like, just just did that. Like, just pressed him on it. Like, why did you think I worked here? And then, like, maybe you just have him get mad. Like, look, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I may, oh, I'm a bad, and you do that Fox News, like, victim cry. Like, oh, well, you're persecuting me now. But, like, why not do that? Why don't I do that in my daily life? Why don't people of color in general do that? I don't think... There's this perception that, like, you know, I think a lot of people of color let shit slide all the fucking time. And white people still complain about, like, how they can't say the N-word or they can't do, like, this, that, or the other thing. Oh, your hair is so pretty, black girl. 
Like, it's like people let shit slide all the time. But, like, white people still complain all the time about, like, oh, well, God, we can't say anything. And it's like, we're always the bad guys and we're always guilty. And it's like, yeah, you know what? You do stuff. You're probably not conscious of it, but you do it. And, like, other people have to live with the ugliness. It's like, what's wrong with that? Like, if somebody's being rude to you, you're going to let them know. Why can't other people do it? By the way, if there are any white people who disagree with me on this and hate me for this part of the hate project, if you hate me right now, call in at 347-539-5387. Do it. Baron Vaughn, the African-American gentleman comedian, has a great bit about like, you know, you know, if you're like me, you like to Google hate groups. Baron Vaughn's funny. Um, and, uh, I decided like, like, why don't I do that? Like I'm doing the show called the hate project. Why don't I do that more often? So I uh, found the official KKK website and, um, all right. So this is an interesting website. Okay. First of all, so I'm looking at the, how to join. There's a tab on how to join, you know, let me just look at the, um, look, let me just look at the, the homepage real quick. Hold on. Oh, I can't find it. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, it's, um, oh, my God. So, anyways, basically, like, it's about, like, you know, preserving white America because there's a war against white America and whites are a minority now and all that stuff. I don't know if that's true. or I, I don't think that's true, but whatever. And... And uh, the slogan here says, America's white future begins here. And in the join tab on this website, I mean, if you just Google Ku Klux Klan, you'll find this thing. Um, it says, if you believe you have what it takes to become a Knights associate, you can get our mail-in application below. Or it says, join the Knights party or make a donation online using your Visa MasterCard below. And it says, join online, open to white Christians and ladies and gentlemen. And then below that, it says, official supporters are individuals who support our ideals, beliefs, goals, and agenda. They may be men or women who either can't become Klansmen or Klanswomen because they do not qualify. And in parentheses, it says, are not white Christians or who do qualify but simply wish to be supporters at this time. And then there are two links. One says, become a supporter. And the other one says, make a contribution online. Here's what I'm hung up on. Official supporters are individuals who support our ideals, beliefs, goals, and agenda. They may be men or women who either can't become Klansmen or Klanswomen because they do not qualify, are not white Christians. <laughs> who are the non-white, non-Christians supporting the KKK and putting in their application? Hey, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Muslim. I'm, I'm from Bahrain. From Berlin, you know, I, uh, you know, I want to be a KKK. I like KKK. I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you for your support, but uh, you can't join. Hey, come on, you know, I, uh, I hate the niggers, the spicks. <laughs> what the fuck? Who, who are the non-white Christians who are supporting the KKK? <laughs> Come on, I drive a cab and I hate niggas. <laughs> Say, man, I dig what y'all is doing. I'm being racist right now. That's terrible. Like, I'm, I'm picking, like, the most zero-dimensional stereotypes. Say, brother. Oh, say. KKK is where it's at. That's racist. What the fuck's the matter with me? <laughs> Oi. I want my daughter to marry. <laughs> oh, God. Who's more racist, me or them? These guys, you know what? Oh, my God. Okay, so call in at 347-539-5387. If you are, if you are out there, or if you are a non-white, non-Christian who supports the ideals, beliefs, and values of the KKK, please call in. I will fucking send me your address, and I'll send you money if you call in. I don't, I don't have any money, but... 
If you call in, I'll send you something. I don't fucking know. Oh, my God, guys. Come on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and you can become a supporter. Uh, you get a certificate. I would get one myself, but I'm afraid of putting my mailing address here. Um, it, you know, it's a certificate that says, uh, I support white Western civil- civilization. And uh, it's a $35 fee. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're a minority who supports the Klan and surprisingly they don't let you in, uh, you know, who expected that one? <laughs> uh, you know, you can uh, get yourself a fucking certificate. <laughs> the Knights Party. They call themselves the Knights Party, but they still say... America's white future begins here. Uh, then there's a caption on the cover, like it says, loving our family. And uh, it's a cute white family, such an adorable white family. It really is. I'm just clicking around here. Hold on, folks. Um, their goal, like they, they kind of call themselves, they don't call, they don't kind. <clears throat> they call themselves a nonviolent organization. They say that, uh, you know, they uh, they try to achieve their goals through nonviolent to through nonviolent means, but they want to stop white genocide. I didn't know that was a problem, but um, evidently it is. So, um, anyways, three four seven. If there are any members of the the Knights Party. Please call in at three four seven five three nine five three eight seven. There's a fucking number here. I don't have the premium subscription yet because I'm broke. Um, should start a Kickstarter page to raise some funds for that. Anyways, I was gonna call up the number, but uh, I can't. But they have uh, they have this uh, link to the Clan TV, the world's first and only white pride internet TV show, and uh, I watched the most recent episode, and it, it's crazy. Like they've really cleaned up their act, guys. Because, like, this show, it's a man and a woman, and it's like Regis and Kelly. The man is, like, such, like, a nebbish, like, really, like, Jewy nebbish, like, it's like Gary Marshall joined the Klan or something. Anyways, um, and, uh, you know, they were talking about Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl, which came out how many years ago? Who knows? <laughs> like, anyways, he's just like, oh, well, uh, and the, the guy, Thomas Robb, the Pastor Robb, He's like, well, I kissed a girl. I don't see what the problem is. And then the girl, the lady says, oh, Thomas, Pastor, it, well, she's a girl, and she's thinking about kissing her girl. And he just affably goes, oh, well, I see the problem now. It's really like a racist thing, like if they were just uh, fucking having to be racist. Regis and Kelly, like, racist. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of a big subject um, on on White Power TV or White Pride TV. Um, which is a channel, by the way. I, you, you can find all this stuff. So um, on this, on the KKK.bz website, it says uh, they released a notice saying Obama and Romney received invite from KKK. And it says the Obama and Romney campaigns are receiving invitations from Thomas Robb to address attendees at the 2012 Knights Party National Leadership Conference this weekend. Both presidential candidates have spoken in regards to the interests of African Americans at the NAACP, Jewish Americans at APAC, and Hispanics at La Raza. The annual conference, just outside of Harrison, Arkansas, will give them an opportunity to address the concerns of European Americans. The letters can be read, read below. So I'll read Romney's. Dear Mr. Romney, we would like to invite you to speak at the National Leadership Convention of the Knights Party to be held on the weekend of August 31st through September 2nd. Oh, I missed it. We are aware that you have either spoken or sent a representative to speak before the American-Israeli Political Affairs Committee, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, and before La Rasa on July 7th. What's the confusion? We are aware that you have either spoken or – it sounds like you're not sure, like when you could – Look it up on – you can just look it up on – whatever. Okay, so because of your desire to, and willingness to speak before representatives of these various ethnic groups, we would most welcome to have you speak before a white nationalist group as well. 
Like those groups which you have already spoken to or sent a representative to, we also have a concern about our national pride, the economy, the environment, peace in the Middle East. Peace in the Middle really? You have a concern about that? You don't secretly want them to kill each other, Arabs and Jews, and a better future for our children. We are in hopes that you will accept our invitation. I am confident that we would have various white leaders in attendance, such as David Duke, Willis Carto, James Edward, Don Black, Merlin Miller, along with such international guests as Paul Fromm and Tomislav Sunik. I have to, I have to Google all these names. So um, they give their number to schedule an appearance, and then they uh, send basically the uh, same exact letter to President Obama. So it's like, um, same thing, like, we are aware that you've either spoken at or sent a representative to speak before the American Israel Political Affairs Committee, the National Association for the Advancement of the Colored People, and La Raza on July 8th. And the same thing, like, we would most welcome to have you speak for a white nationalist group as well. And they list the same number of uh, white leaders in attendance, such as David Duke, Willis Carto, if you if you attended this uh, seminar, if you've attended an event at the Knights Party, quote unquote, call in at three four seven five three nine five three eight seven. And uh, let's see, we were in oh, text by invitation. Yeah, so they sent the same thing. Um, God, man, if I was Obama, I would just show up. It, it, like he's surrounded by Secret Service. Come on. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? Like, you should fucking, like... Oh, my God. How funny would that... Just for the fucking, like... Just for the gas of it. Just for the shits and giggles. If I was president... If I was a black president, I would so show up there. I would just show up at Klan rallies all the time. I do, like... I just show up at, like, skinhead rallies all the time. Be surrounded by Secret Service, and, like, you have that power to just, like, de-arm everybody in the fucking block. <laughs> like, hey, welcome, skinheads. I want to let you know that I am your president as well. <laughs> Start fucking... <laughs> 347-539-5387, if you agree or disagree with me. Uh, all right. You got six minutes to call in, fuckers. So, um, anyways, I looked at this, and, uh, you know, I was looking at the join thing right here. And uh, an interesting sort of side note on this uh, KKK website. There's a little, like, disclaimer. It says, attention to those seeking Klan affiliation. The name Ku Klux Klan is in the public domain. That means that anyone. And in bold, this says, absolutely anyone, in capital letters, and say they are in the Ku Klux Klan, are the leaders of the Ku Klux Klan, or can start a group or club called the Ku Klux Klan. The national media doesn't help the matter any because they often unethically use stock photos of robed and hooded figures, crosses on fire, or pictures of nooses when doing a story on the Klan. Occasionally, a journalist will do a story about some nutcase calling himself a Klan member or leader, and rather than to do their homework, they will illegally pull photos or shots of our website to go along with their news piece. Our legal department is looking into this. Do not be fooled. The Knights Party is the legitimate Klan association in the United States. We are not some fringe fly-by-night group of disgruntled losers who decided to start a Klan group. Well, you know, and, and later on, this it says it does say that their conferences are open to the public and media. So, um, I wish I could call this number down here. Ooh. Anyways, like the fact that the name the Ku Klux Klan is in the public domain is amazing. I think if I was, I think like people of color should just jump on that shit. And I proposed like earlier in an earlier episode that like I think it'd be funny if black people just started wearing Klan robes, ironically, as like a fashion statement. <laughs> it's like what are you what are you guys doing? What? It's my robe. I'm cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So I found out about this, uh, you know, in my Google adventures on uh, hate groups. Let's see. I found a Stormfront, stormfront.org, which is a uh, a white nationalist pride uh, forum, internet forum, where uh, white people um, discuss white things and how uh, mud people are evil. Uh, now, this has a lot of stuff on here. Um, you know, there's the obvious uh, predictable stuff about, you know, uh, culture and how, you know, the liberal Negro media, Negro Jew media is brainwashing our youth. Um, or is it Jew Negro media? I don't know. I get them mixed up. But anyways, there's a dating section. There's a dating section right here. So, um, some good stuff in here. Um, there's one thread that says, com- it's labeled, Complaint Thread for Those Who Get Approached by All Kinds of Non-Whites, But Never by Whites. And uh, it's just uh, somebody, uh, they, they're complaining about, like a Chinese person would approach them. A black would make some flirtatious comment. I'll, I'll read this. I'd be on campus and a Chinese would approach me. Or I'd be at the grocery store and a black would make some flirtatious comment. I love that term, by the way, a black. <laughs> Are you a black? Uh, yeah, I guess I am. Or a Mexican. Or a... That 90 seconds of call-in, fuckers. Or a Middle Eastern person. Or you get the idea, but never a white. Does anyone else feel like they're publicly invisible to their own kind? That whites of the opposite gender never seem to notice you, much less talk to you? That the only people who hit on you are non-whites? What the heck? And she puts, what the heck, question mark, with a bunch of, like, smiley icons. Smiley and frowny and... You guys have a minute to call in, and if you don't, you're a fucking coward. Three, four, seven, five, three, nine, five, three, eight, seven... If you're a member of Stormfront, Stormfront, I can't talk. If you're a member of Stormfront.org, please call in. I'd, uh, I'd love that. I'd like to hear your, and you have like about 30 seconds. Um, so that's one of the, um, that's one of the threads. And um, one of the funniest uh, little like responses, I'm just going to read this. It's happened to me countless times. One time a groid actually tried touching me at the drive-thru window. Apparently, she didn't notice the tats. One time, a groid. What an amazing slur. That, a, we, we can presume that means negroid, right, guys? Right, everyone who's fucking not listening out there? Uh, we can uh, presume that that means negroid, right? Um, so anyways, uh, <laughs> okay, you can't call in, so it's my show now. So fuck all y'all. Anyways, um Yeah, uh, you know, a groid. We're we're in the mar- we need new racial slurs. You know, you have one that you just can't say at all. The N word. The N word. The N word. And if you like said something like coon or something, like that would just sound ridiculous. It would just sort of be like, well, come on, guy, coon. come on, guy, coon. But a groid. What up, Groid? And I think that black people should just appropriate it and make it their own. <laughs> Where white people can't say it. <laughs> say, Groid! And then some white guy comes along. Hey, what's up, my Groids? Whoa! Whoa! What the fuck's the matter with you? All right. Ugh. So anyways, um, so, you know, you have these typical things right here, and um, uh, there's a lot. And, and look, go to stormfront.org. Uh, you, can, you can look into it if you want. Anyways, here's why I'm bringing up this, this uh, thread. I just want to find a um, – I want to find this, this particular post that sort of uh, – it kind of like really was very poignant, actually – So it's, the thread is called Need Advice from the Ladies. 
And I'm just going to read it for you verbatim. So I've been with my girl for two years. It was great for a long time. I never mess around on her, and I treat her like a princess. Then lately, she is just getting mad at me all the time over nothing, so we fight. We have lived together for over a year and a half, and now she's back at her parents' house because it has gotten so bad. She tells me she doesn't think I love her, and when she's angry, can say some pretty hurtful things. It's at the point where I don't know if it's going to work anymore. And for me, it's a really hard situation because I love her to death, and I have never had another actual relationship in my life. I was wondering if any ladies on here have ever gone through something like this where they felt like some, some, someone didn't care and how the situation played out. I don't want to lose her, but I don't want to sit around forever unhappy. I've never felt this weak over a girl. And there's a little confused, frowny, uh, little little uh, face icon there. Um, I'm dumb, so I could not figure out like where the responses were because I did not see any. A lot of the other responses were just like about like somebody else's abortion and stuff like that. So I don't think anyone ever like really. I don't think anyone really ever uh, took this guy on. But again, if you heard this post just now. Um, and I'm really not being flip right now. Like, this guy's broken up about this relationship problem. There's no, like, sort of discussion of race in this particular post. And if this was anywhere else, I would, know, I would not know that this dude was a racist. He's just, like, talking about these real problems, these real relationship problems that, like, literally everyone goes through. And again, like, you know, you could post this, you could put this, these words on any website... And nobody would know. You know what I mean? Nobody would fucking know, man. Um, you know, you wouldn't know that this person was white even. And you wouldn't know that they were like a um, uh, hardcore racist. I just found that really interesting. It was like this weird like little moment in this festival of hate on this website. That, like, you know, this guy, the next, like, clan rally or the next skinhead rally he goes to, he's not going to be into it. He's going to be, like, sort of down, and they're going to be like, wow, you know, um, I lobbied that Jew Run Media comment to you. You're supposed to have my back on that, and you just dropped it. Uh, what, what's up, dude? Uh, girl problems, man. Ah, oh, fuck. I hear that. <sighs> weird. It's just very strange. I find it, uh, how do I feel about this? Like, it's, it's like such like a, a universal thing. Your relationship is going bad and you don't know why. It's a, tr like, ha that doesn't just happen to white people. White people who are concerned about like white pride and really wanting to battle a bit behind the uh, white genocide that is evidently happening, that they keep saying is happening. It's very strange. I don't know. I'm trying to, like, process how I feel about this, because like, it's, like, it's like this very uh, sad and human moment, and... Um, I'm just uh, trying to like look at some of these other ones, and so it's um, it's just interesting. Yeah, it's um, like so. What like this this guy? His job is to hate people, or he feels strongly about this. I'm not like endorsing it. I'm not endorsing his uh this guy's viewpoints or anything. I'm not saying that at all. Good God no. If I mean I don't even know his viewpoints. There's like a little picture of the dude. I'm not gonna say his name because, you know, it's not on the show. But um Yeah, it's just it's uh 
just wonder, like, you know, when they get together, do you think that they're just sort of like, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll point out something interesting on this website as well. Um, I wonder, uh, you know, they're just sort of like, yeah, um, yeah, fucking kill the groids, kill the groids, fuck them kikes and spicks and taking over the faggots and how's your son's soccer game? That's great that he's doing that. <laughs> it's weird. It's just funny. Another thread on here actually was um people's favorite films and uh it's so funny because like it's a mix of like films with racist comments with racist content in them that probably weren't meant to be racist. Like Full Metal Jacket and uh Taxi Driver. Probably weren't really meant to be racist. They're probably like sort of meant to be like you're highlighting racism as ugly, but like they list things like you know Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jacket, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver. Like with Taxi Driver, it appears on a lot of these guys' what top tens. I just wonder if like if they've seen Beyond That Martin Scorsese cameo. You can look that up on YouTube if you want. Martin Scorsese's cameo in uh, Taxi Driver. Figure that out. Um, But then, like one of them, like there were some people were like listing like good movies, like uh, like really good underrated films. Like Barton Fink was on one one of these guys' lists. (laughs) Barton Fink, and um, one of them listed Schindler's List. Seriously, and again, I don't know if um, if they really got it. Or maybe they just like sort of like fast forward until Ray Fiennes appears on on uh, the screen. Who knows, man? Who knows, man? This is kind of funny. Like I, I picture them having movie night. Groundhog Day was a popular one on there as well. Um, that's kind of a white movie. Except for Ned Ryerson, that dude is Jewish. Guy is fucking Jewish, dude. So, like, I wonder, like, with the films like that do have multicultural casting, they just have to like fast forward through. Oh God, wait, there's there's a a black female cop in this scene. Just fast forward through it. <laughs> I don't know. I the I, I still uh, can't get over the. Uh, it doesn't mean I want to be this guy's friend, by the way, and it doesn't mean I like. But it's just like it's weird. This bizarre, like sort of human moment of weakness. Like men don't admit. Like men don't talk about these things to each other. What that guy said. Like these problems. And men don't talk about them out loud often, and so it's just. Um, this confusion about a relationship and it's just funny that like this links everybody and this guy does not understand that. Hmm. Anyways, guys, uh, my time is actually running out here on the hate project. Uh, we are back here every Sunday at 1130 PM. So, uh, I bet you're wondering was I sponsored by the word anyway back in 2012? I was not. Um, I was just a big fan, you know. Just used that word on spec mainly. Um, anyways, uh, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, I wanted to talk about Nathan D'Amigo, the founder of Identity Europa, the group that invaded my special park. So I'm going to post an article in the description, and I do recommend reading it. Um, it's basically a profile of Nathan through his brother Josh, and it's a tragic story, actually. Nathan was a veteran of the Iraq War, and um, he suffered from really bad PTSD. Now, I don't share any of this to justify or let Nathan off the hook or give any sort of validation 
or any sort of forgiveness for his vile group and his vile views and vile actions. I just share it because I think it is a good uh, educational resource. It's a good illumination of how this government fails its people and especially fails its veterans. We send them off to war and then we don't care what happens to them when they come back. We don't work to reintegrate them back into society. We don't work to give them the therapy that they may need. And so for the people who we talk about this all the time, they made the biggest sacrifice for their country. Um, We give them nothing back. And so often, again, this is not justification, not forgiving of this. This can be fruitful for the growth of extremism. Of course, uh, anything on the show, uh, anything you've heard, anything you've read from the links in the description, uh, you have any questions or comments, for me, please email me at paradoxofcivility at gmail.com, and uh, I will talk to you next time. Good night, or good day.